from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. We are not personally impacted by a lack of information, but the families of homicide victims told me over and over and over again that, you know, they call, they want this information, they're trying to get information, they're trying to give information. And they say the St. Louis Police Department just doesn't seem to want to update or care or push these cases forward. What's changed between when they gave this to the Washington Post without a fight back in 2017 and where we are today? I'm Sarah Fenske. Yesterday, Minnesota Public Radio filed a lawsuit against the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department. The lawsuit accuses the department of violating the Sunshine Law by denying public records requests. And it comes out of a collaboration between St. Louis Public Radio and Minnesota Public Radio's national journalism arm, American Public Media. Beginning in February, the news organizations had sought information about how the department was clearing its homicide cases. And yet St. Louis police refused to turn over the most basic information. That includes information it gave to the Washington Post just four years ago. And joining us now with the latest is St. Louis Public Radio Justice Correspondent Rachel Lippman. Rachel, welcome. Always a pleasure to be here, Sarah. So, Rachel, this lawsuit came out of a project you embarked upon with American Public Media. What were you exploring? APM Reports, which was a group put together to help uh, not only uh, uh, APM do its investigative work, but also partnered with uh, local stations, including St. Louis Public Radio. They had given us uh, some funding to do some investigative work. And I decided that I wanted to look at the city's homicide clearance rates. We know, obviously, that the city has been struggling with violence over the last several years. This year is a little bit better than last year, but last year was bad. And we wanted to know why or how the city was doing at solving these homicides, because sometimes not solving a case can lead to another killing. So we knew that the information had been provided to the Washington Post, including details such as where the case happened, race, age, victim, etc., race, age, gender of the victim, etc., and most importantly, whether or not a case had been cleared. And mm-hmm. we wanted to know whether there were uh, patterns in the rates over time, whether there were uh, racial or gender disparities. So like which cases get solved? Which cases get solved, exactly. And, you know, why or how these particular cases do or don't get solved. Well, if you can't get the basic detailed information about which cases are getting cleared or not, you don't really have much of the ability to to really dive into why this is a problem in the city. So anytime you ask for public records, one good excuse is we don't have any records that are responsive to this request. We don't keep this information. Was that the case here? No. Actually, we know (laughs) that's not the case. Simply put, no, it is not the case. We know that this is not the case because, as you mentioned, back in 2017, the Washington Post did a a project that I think that the title of it was like they called it zones of impunity, just areas where these killings do not get solved in the city of St. Louis and about 50 other departments they requested this information from. And we know from emails we got that there was never a discussion about these records being closed um, or not being able to be released. It was just, here's how we can compile it. Here's going to be the cost. Boom, here are the records. 
So we know we keep them. And they've even admitted in some of their responses to us that they include clearance status or whether or not a case has been solved as a field in their database. They're just not giving it to us. So what's changed between when they gave this to The Washington Post without a fight back in 2017 and where we are today? I would believe that it is probably the person in charge of handling and reviewing the Sunshine Law Sunshine Law requests. Um, it, they said we don't know what the legal reasoning was back then, but the process by which these requests are submitted and reviewed has changed between 2017 and now. So a different attorney is putting their eyes on it and saying we have a different interpretation of the Sunshine Law than previously. So something that's interesting to me is that we actually had a changeover in mayors during the time you've been fighting to get these records. We I think we had administration. A, yeah, and I, if I, I can't remember when they started making the request. If it was before or after, I think it was February. Since inaugu- uh, the inauguration of Mayor Lida Cruzan, so conceivably we could have had two changeovers in administration. And yet the the stance hasn't changed. They're not turning over. these They records. are not turning over these records. No, we have requested, filed multiple requests with similar or identical language to the Washington Post, and every time it has been denied as clearance status is a closed record, and therefore we are not providing it to you. So you have a story about this that um, it, there's an audio version of this. There's also a version that's live on our website right now. That's stlpr.org. And as you make clear in this story, this isn't just about journalists having trouble getting information about unsolved murders in this city. Uh, victims' families have also had real difficulty. Yeah, and in many ways we are, yes, it is important that the department is not following the Sunshine Law, but in some ways, my reporting partners and I, that was uh, Tom Shack at APM Reports, his data person Jennifer Liu, and Shayla Farzan was key helping us here at St. Louis Public Radio. We are key to helping drive this story forward because we have the resources to take this to court and to get this data. But in some ways, we're bit players in this story. You know, we are not personally impacted by a lack of information. But the families of homicide victims told me over and over and over again that, you know, they call. They want this information. They're trying to get information. They're trying to give information. And they say the St. Louis Police Department just doesn't seem to want to update or care or push these cases forward. I, I had families tell me, you know, look, even if it is just, hey, you know, we have no new updates, they want some kind of communication between them and the SLMPD. So, Rachel, you've covered the city's Board of Aldermen for years. What do elected officials say about, you know, these records, but also about these these uh, victims' families saying they can't get basic information? Well, when I talked to Alderman Jeffrey Boyd, he fills a unique role uh, kind of in this situation. Not only does he have oversight indirectly of the St. Louis Police Department as an alderman, he is also a, uh, a f- Uh, has lost a family member to violence. His nephew was killed, I believe, in 2014 or 15. And he has said that he's had to, you know, call the department and push forward for uh, his nephew's mother to try and get information. Not everyone has the ability to pull that lever at City Hall and say, hey, you know, go go talk to go talk to this woman, go talk to Renee, my my sister-in-law. And he's also said that, and other aldermen told me as well, that they don't feel like the police department is as open with them as they should be in terms of providing information. It's always, oh, well, we'll get back to you. We'll send you an email. And they told me they hope you just forget about it down the line. It just becomes another, oh, I'll follow up with that. And three, six, six, nine, 12 months down the road, you never do. So you guys did follow up on this. This lawsuit has now been filed. Mm -hmm. You're asking for judicial enforcement of the Sunshine Law. What would that mean? So... Again, I want to make it clear, I did not 
have the the privilege, what, however you want to define it, of filing the lawsuit. That is a whole saga in and of itself that if we have time, we can tackle here. But what it is saying is that we believe, Minnesota Public Radio and us here at St. Louis Public Radio, believe that we are entitled to these records. And judicial enforcement of the Sunshine Law says, hey, whoever this judge case is assigned to, agree with our interpretation and tell the police department to turn over these records. Okay. So this is not something where you're looking at a long, drawn-out legal battle. You just want someone to say, give us this spreadsheet. Yes. I mean, obviously, we are not in control of the courts. I don't know how backups because of the COVID-19 pandemic may affect this. But, you know, we're not looking for to make law, really, in this case. Now, obviously, rulings can make law. They, they, you know, lay a groundwork or a, a framework for how things can work. But yeah, we just want the judge to tell the SLMPD, you need to turn over these records. You are in violation of the Sunshine Law. And we should note, while this lawsuit was filed by Minnesota Public Radio, it was filed by the First Amendment Clinic at Washington University Yes, School they of law. are the attorneys for Minnesota Public Radio in this instance. So you've been on this story now for <laughs> months and months. And people can read this first installment today, where again, we hear from families of homicide victims, and we learn why this fight for the records is underway. Do you intend to stay on this story? Absolutely. I mean, obviously, we're in a little bit of a holding pattern now because the data will be what kind of gets into the details about how or why these cases are not getting solved. But we are working with uh, a wonderful data person at APM, and, and she has figured out a way where even if we can't get the details, we can explain what patterns we are seeing in the earlier data from the that the Washington Washington Post received and made public to us. That's how we knew what to look for. And then also just looking at why overall, even if we can't get you know details about which cases are being solved overall, what are the patterns in clearance rates and why that might be happening? There's also an element of you know which cases are getting prosecuted. So yes, we're going to stay on the story, taking a little bit of a break for the holidays, but yes. <laughs> they let the wheels of justice turn Correct. and then you can get Correct. back on it. Well, I have a feeling this is not going to be the last time we talk about this series. I, I hope not. I hope we are able to you know keep pushing it forward and, and you know not just for us as reporters, but you know these family members deserve answers just as much or even more than we do. Well, St. Louis Public Radio Justice Correspondent Rachel Lipman, thank you so much for joining us today. Always happy to help, Sarah. And you can read the first uh, installment in this series. That's at stlpr.org. The story is uh, co-authored by Rachel Lipman, Tom Sheck, Shayla Farzan, and Jennifer Liu. This episode was produced by Sarah Fenske with audio engineering by Aaron Doerr and production assistance from Jane Mather Glass. This podcast was mixed and edited by Aaron. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. 
Choosewood.com.